0: And welcome to the Select Sector Spider Sector Digest podcast for the week of February 27th, 2023. I'm your host, Paul Bayaki, ready to dig into all things sectors for the week ahead and look back at the week that was. And the week was one in which we saw some mixed economic data. And in the current market environment, some of the positive economic data was taken as bad or bad news for the market. And the overarching theme in this market for the past 18 months or so has been the level of inflation, the impact of that level of inflation on Fed policy and the market's attempts to read through all of this data and determine what it means for Fed policy going forward. So it's this very circular economic context where you get bad news that can be good news, you get good news that can be bad news. And regardless of who you listen to, who you talk to, no one seems to have a firm grasp on this market. A lot of people seem to be very uncertain, but also very cautious about how they approach both their investment strategies and their positions. Because when you look at what's taking place in the fixed income market, for example, and the level of inversion that we're seeing in specific spreads in the yield curve, meaning the difference between twos and tens or the difference between the short end of the yield curve and the longer end of the yield curve, it's clear that the bond market is saying that economic activity is going to be challenged going forward. But... When we actually get news in real time or in arrears about economic activity, it seems as if certain segments of the economy are still somewhat robust. You don't have to go back too far to see that headlines job number that blew out all estimates and underscores what people have been saying for quite some time, which is that the labor market is still very tight and still very robust, but this week – We got S&P services and manufacturing PMIs. Manufacturing is at least based on the S&P PMI for services, remains in a recession or recessionary territory. We had GDP final revision to 2.7 versus 2.9, which was expected. Then we had better than expected home sales, which is a segment of the market that has obviously been under tremendous pressure. And then to wrap it all up, we had PCE, which was higher than expected, both on a core and headline basis. And as we've talked about time and time again, that is the Fed's favored indicator of inflation. And so that certainly set the market off at the end of the week in the wrong direction. And when you add it all up, the S&P 500 was down 2.67 percent for the week. And all of a sudden, year to date, it's up just 3.4 percent. And so – The market had this rip-roaring start to the year. It felt as if, from a sentiment perspective, things were going in a very positive direction. A lot of the stuff that had been so beaten up and within the sectors that had been so beaten up last year was leading, and that's still the case. If you look at the 3.4% year-to-day performance in the S&P 500 and look at which sectors are outperforming and underperforming, it's still Tilt growth. It still tilts cyclicals. But the reality is, is that this was a week that looked a lot, once again, like 2022, as opposed to what we've seen so far in 2023. Just one sector finished the week up. That was XLE or energy, but up just 19 basis points. And energy, as we talked about last week, has its own challenges in terms of the price of WTI, the regional price of natural gas, the expectations for energy going forward. But When you look at the worst performing sector last week, it was consumer discretionary, 4.5% loss or so this week. Then you had XLC down 3.81%. Technology right at the market's performance down 2.67%. So again, the growth-oriented cyclical sectors of the market that have been leading the charge here in 2023 had a very poor week on both a relative and absolute basis, the Defensive didn't really do much for you. Healthcare down 2.64% for the week. Utilities down 2.73% for the week. And staples down one and a third percent. So by and large, it didn't matter where you were this week outside of energy and maybe materials. It was a very challenging tape and one of the. I guess, silver linings in that is it wasn't a robust volume week. We heard that time and time again in financial media this week. So just 511 million shares traded across the select sector spider lineup. So not one of those weeks in which you get this type of sell-off that looks like capitulation and tremendous volume in the market. We just didn't see much activity. We did see some significant flows out of, once again, XLF, 11.6 million shares redeemed Out of XLF, 8 million shares or so redeemed out of XLRE and 5.6 million shares redeemed out of XLU. And if you add it all up, we had about 30 million shares redeemed in total across the Select Sector Spider lineup. So I'm not one to posit on risk on, risk off, what the expectation is going forward for the market, but... This was one of those weeks where you had a mix of positive and negative economic data. Depending on how you interpret it, it can lead to positive or negative interpretations of the market and of the outlook for the market. And this week, we're going to focus on the defensive sectors. So used to be shut. Now it's just shoe because telecom is no longer its own sector. It's within the communication sector communication services sector, I should say, and it's sort of buried below the big names that were technology companies, Meta and the like. And so the the idea of playing telecom just isn't as easy, especially in the ETF wrapper. And so just looking at SHU and Staples Healthcare and Utilities because – Coming into the year, I think it was a very popular sector position to to be defensive, to see where the market was going to shake out, to not get too aggressive, to sort of bring down the relative volatility of your portfolio using those defensive sectors. But if you look year to date through the the early part of the year at relative performance of the various sectors – What we've talked about so far in 2023 is that it really hasn't been those defensive sectors that have been, been driving performance. In fact, year to date, you've got consumer staples, healthcare and utilities all in the red. While the S and P 500 is up, let's call it just shy of 4%. And some of these big, meaty, cyclical growth oriented sectors up double digits. So if you're an investor who likes that defensive approach and believed it was the right orientation coming into 2023, you're significantly underperforming the market. And I think that is at its core the story with the shoe strategy or the shoe approach is that you certainly tend to miss out on much of the upside in the market. You don't get full capture of upside moves, but flip side is is that you don't get full capture – of downside moves, at least over the long term and over longer periods of time. Now, this week, we did see, as I mentioned, XLU underperformed the market slightly. Staples outperformed the market slightly. Healthcare was basically right at market performance for the week, slightly worse. So week to week, day to day, that's not necessarily going to bear out. But over long periods of time, that risk reward proposition for the defensive sectors are representative of – that overall portfolio orientation. We'll see how 2023 plays out. There's still a lot to be determined, whether it's the geopolitical backdrop, whether it's the dollar, whether it's the overall level of the terminal rate as we get through the next few months of Fed policy, what the outlook is for inflation and how inflation evolves, both at the consumer and producer or wholesale level, because what we've seen, at least from the most recent CPI, PPI and PCE prints, is that a little abatement of the pace of inflation doesn't necessarily portend to a long-term decline in inflation. And we've seen some pops in the level of inflation more recently, which could speak to the fact that there are components of these indexes for inflation that are sticky and perhaps stickier than the market is anticipating and underscores why the Fed has been very vigilant in their policy at trying to tackle inflation with, of course, the knowledge that there's going to be significant economic impacts as these higher costs of capital, these higher borrowing rates, these higher discount rates continue to make their way through the economy because when you look at Staples Healthcare and Utilities, the nature of those businesses, as we've talked about, is very straightforward. Utilities are a very simple business model. I'm not saying it's easy or simple to manage a utilities company, but by and large, that's a very stable business. Healthcare is certainly a very complex sector of the market, but by and large, healthcare services and healthcare are something that are – very baseline in terms of consumer appetites, not something that people typically spend excess income on when things are going well. And staples are the same. And with the upcoming exchange, we'll get more representation of consumer spending as a result of companies from the consumer discretionary sector entering the consumer staple sector. So with that, let's look ahead to next week. It's a fairly light week, sort of take a breath on economic data, but we will get Case Shiller, we will get ISM manufacturing, which are important economic indicators, may not be as market moving as something like non-farm payrolls or or Fed decision, but we're going to get consumer confidence and we're going to hear from six different Fed governors and presidents this week, which is quite remarkable and will give us some insight into the debate that's happening inside the halls of the Federal Reserve and how different Fed presidents and Fed governors feel about the trajectory of inflation, the necessity of rate hikes going forward, 50 versus 25. And of course, the calendar for those rate hikes, how far out we're going to go. So with the earnings mostly wrapped up in the S&P 500, we're getting back to the period where you hear from companies that aren't necessarily as influential, although there are some big companies left to report. We'll hear from Target this week, which is one of those companies that will be moving into the consumer staple sector, is certainly a bellwether in terms of consumer activity and consumer spending, and their guidance will be important. Salesforce is another very important tech company who, of course, had some pretty significant layoffs recently and it's been in the the news as a result of that. We'll see what their earnings look like and what their guidance looks like and what their expectations are for enterprise-level spending, which, of course, Salesforce is one of those companies that interfaces with some of the largest corporations globally. And the level of spending and expectation for spending at those enterprises is part and parcel to the outlook for the economy. And then we'll also hear from Lowe's. And after Home Depot reported – a pretty weak outlook for consumer spending and, and uncertainty around the economic backdrop. It'll be interesting to see if Lowe's echoes that and what the interpretation is of the consumer outlook as a result of those two companies, which are very important consumer companies. And finally, Kroger, which again is, is More of a gauge on how consumers are spending on a baseline basis as opposed to the strength of some of these growth and and cyclical segments of the consumer sector. And so again, even if we don't have these massive weights in the S&P 500 and in the market reporting earnings, we have companies that are influential and do interface with very important segments of the economy on a daily basis. And that's the type of data that we get on an ongoing basis that helps determine and influence the decisions that we make, either on our own or on behalf of our clients. So with that, I'd like to thank everyone once again for listening. My name is Paul Baiaki, Chief ETF Strategist at SSNC Alps Advisors. I hope everyone has a wonderful week, and we'll catch you next time. Take care.